as endurance athletes, the biggest hurdle that we'll ever encounter is preparing for the things that we cannot prepare for. And that doesn't matter if you are a runner, if you're a cyclist, a swimmer, or anything in between. As athletes, we're resilient. So as long as we can actually see you know, that this is just another hurdle that we need to get past and we change our perspective on this entire situation, I feel like we're going to come out of this much stronger than when we actually entered it. No matter where you are, chances are you've had to adjust to a new normal during the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak. Changing a routine can lead to all sorts of emotions, so I wanted to talk to someone who had to change their routine a lot in the past few weeks. You might remember Latoya Shante Snell from an episode we released two months ago. Latoya is a pro athlete, a runner, and an advocate for inclusivity in health and fitness based in New York. When the isolation orders hit, Latoya was in the thick of training for various half marathons, marathons, and even her first triathlon. Today I'm talking to Latoya about how she's dealing with canceled, postponed, and even new virtual races, plus the training adjustments she's making, how she's trying to maintain her mental health for herself and her family during these strange times, and some advice on how we can all adapt to changing our own routines right now. Latoya, thank you so much for coming back on the show. I really appreciate you being here with me, at least virtually. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, you know, it's uh, it's definitely been a challenge, you know, with um, everything that's happening right now with this pandemic. But um, we're going to make the best out of it. Dude, your laugh just made me smile. So thank you for that. And I just <laughs> called you dude. Sorry, but I'm still running here. I call people dude all the time. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I don't I don't feel so bad. It's, it's that surfer in me that's never going to die. So anyways, Latoya, you're in the thick of it. I mean, you are in New York City. I mean, what's that like right now being in New York City? You know, it's a little ghastly. Um, you know, I'm so used to the common theme of New York City. New York City is known as the city that never sleeps. And the COVID-19 is definitely proven that to be wrong. It is very daunting to go outside the little bit of times that I actually go outside. I've made it no secret. I am immunocompromised. I have a number of health conditions where I don't really take the chances of going outside as much which is kind of devastating as an athlete, you know, um, an endurance athlete who is now going from endurance running to trying to test the waters with becoming a triathlete. You know, so it's been um, it's been rough um, emotionally, physically, definitely a challenge on um, my fitness routine. And I definitely can't mock being in the water, um, not for my tub. So it's been <laughs> it's been rough. Yeah, that one's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> So you're not swimming in your bathtub? No, no, I'm definitely not swimming in my bathtub. I've seen um, a couple of um, very interesting videos on the internet. I think we're all kind of like finding ways to make light of a really serious situation, but there's no bath time play for me except for in the shower, you know, where I can just dunk my head in there for about a couple of minutes to just kind of de-stress. But, um, you know, I have been using um, some of the methods that Coach Morgan Lattimore, who happens to be my coach, I've been using some of the improvised workouts that he's actually provided for me to mock some of the swimming drills that I do in the water. So I've been doing a lot of 
sculling activities, which basically means that you're taking bands, resistance bands, and you're moving in the direction that you would do some of your freestyle butterfly movements. And it's really incorporating a lot of the upper body uh, workouts because, uh, you know, as a runner and a cyclist, you're going to definitely get a lot of focus on that lower body, but that upper body is very easy to neglect those type of things. So I've been fortunate enough to have a coach that's able to say, Hey, okay, these are the things you don't have access to. Let's find another way to get incorporate your training. So when everything does go back to normal, I'm able to bounce back a little bit smoother than just cold turkey neglecting things. That's that's really interesting. So I'm looking at my staircase right now and my husband is really into training. So there's like four different bands tied around our staircase. And then if you walk up the stairs in our bedroom, there's a beam and he had hung some gymnastics rings on the beam. But our neighbors were like, Shelby, before we knew you, we could see through your bedroom window and we thought you guys were so kinky. Because they just saw these gymnastics. So I like made them take them down. And yesterday we hung them back up. And I'm like, I'm like loving these gymnastics rings. I'm doing flips on them. And, you know, for us in California, the beach is closed. Mm. And so some of the beaches, there's no cops in front of the beach. And people are going surfing anyway. (sighs) I'm not because I just, my friend is the chief lifeguard of San Diego. And four lifeguards are already sick. And it's confusing. So I'm doing a paddle fitness routine by a guy named Rob Case, and we can include the link in the show notes. But it's really cool because there are some, you know, ideally you need to be in a pool to do these exercises, but there's some dry land stuff you can do. So I'm glad that you're talking about the fact you're doing, I I didn't even think about using bands for swimming. That's genius. Yes. Yes. They're super helpful. I want to say that there is a lot of people that's actually purchasing things off sporting goods companies that's willing to deliver. So there is a massive shortage in a lot of the equipment. So, you know, a lot of people are just like, how are you able to incorporate those things if you don't have them on hand? Well, calisthenic workouts have been something that I've been incorporating into my routine for the last six years. And I feel like working with my own body weight is better than nothing at all. Honestly, I feel like it actually, uh, it helps me in my day-to-day routine. So I've been incorporating things like push-ups, you know, doing sit-ups, uh, anytime that I, because at one point I actually broke some of my bands and I was just like, so strong. Great. I was like, great. I was like, okay, now what am I going to do? You know, like I don't have these bands. Like I, I think, uh, one of the days, like earlier on in the week, I was trying to change out my tire on my bike because I have an indoor, I have a bike trainer. Yeah, that's so smart. And the bike trainer, while I was changing out the um the, the trainer tire, because the trainer tires are really hard to actually put on, um, I made a mistake and I burst my inner tube. And I think my following got the clue that I had a slight <laughs> meltdown because I'm like, now what? Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I could only imagine. So what did you do? Were you able to order a new one or? Thankfully in New York city, um, I'm not sure if a lot of people know um, that while some of the places are on restricted hours, bike shops are actually considered a necessity because more, they would prefer more people to be on bikes versus taking public transportation. Public transportation here is still in motion. The buses are completely free. And unfortunately this means for people who are not taking COVID-19 as serious, some people are still using this as an opportunity to say, woohoo, I get to travel to all five boroughs through the bus. The trains aren't free. 
but oh. the buses are. You know, so it's it's hard because you do have a lot of, uh, con- contrary to belief, there are a lot of people who are complying to this. It did take a while for people to understand the significance of why we need to stay home as much as possible, why we need to practice social distancing. But there are a handful of people out there who are just like, this is a moment to enjoy the free pass. And realistically, we should just be doing what we need to do because everybody has a part to play in maintaining our safety. You may not look like you're sick. You may not think that you're able to spread it. But nine times out of 10, we, we're probably not showing any signs if you're if you're in a healthy or, you know, at least what's perceived as a healthy body. Nobody's immune to this. Yeah, man, this whole thing is really tricky, LaToya. Like I, like I said, to the left of me, just south of me, there's cops with, you know, they look, I don't know if they have guns or not. But there's Border Patrol agents and cops at the beach standing there. Wow. Just to the north of me, it's, you know, it's county lifeguards. And so they don't have the backup of the police department. So they're not really patrolling the beach. Tons of people are going surfing. And I think they think they're just an exception to the rule. But you know, it's tricky because I want to go surfing too. But I also took an immunosuppressant last year and I'm scared too. Also, I think one of the best things someone told me is to act like you have it so you don't spread it to anybody else Mm. or like everybody Mm -hmm. else has it so you don't get it from them. So not only have you had to alter the way you train, it sounds like you're doing some indoor bike trainer, you've got your bands. What are you doing for running? For running, I've had to reduce my distance. You know, honestly, I'm a little nervous about taking on my virtual run this weekend. So I was, uh, I had the opportunity through some of the race cancellations that I've had. Most of my races have been completely canceled. There's no alternative date, but some of them actually offered a virtual option or to just basically postpone it to the end of the year. So there's going to be people out there that's going to be doing back-to-back marathons. Um, hopefully, cool. I don't have, hopefully I don't have too many that's kind of lined up, but this weekend I'm allowed to actually do it's with the hot chocolate 15K. And I'm able to do a virtual run through that. The gift and curse about it is, yeah, if I choose a good time, then I can avoid being around people as much as possible. The way that I've been navigating that is through going on runs at nighttime and really deliberately looking up certain routes that takes me off of main streets. Now, for some people, especially as a a person, you know, living as a woman, you know, a lot of people are nervous. They're like, oh, I don't know about night running. You know, what about people? You know, you just don't know what people are capable of doing. Honestly, I'm one of those people that I like to arm myself with protective gear. I do actually run with this this ring that's called Go Guarded. I've used them. I I used the ring as of recent to basically just, you know, kind of keep as like almost like a security blanket that maybe, you know, just in case, you know, don't ever want to like think of that. Just in case I actually do encounter someone, I have something as well as utilizing the apps on my phone. I have Strava Beacon. There's a couple of other programs that's out there. So I'm not, you know, scared really of going out there and pursuing some type of night run. There's always, you know, there's always an option of waking up just like an hour or two early, like right before dawn and going for the run. My runs are significantly shorter because trying to pursue a 26.2 right now when we're not even at the the height of it in New York City, I think that's kind of taking a huge gamble 
to not only my health, but everyone else that's in my household. My son's a type one diabetic. You know, I have endometriosis. I do have a compromised immune system. And, you know, my husband, although he is very healthy, you know, who knows if I don't exhibit any type of size. So we do have safety precautions that when any time that any of us go outside the house, as soon as we come in, we wipe down the door handle. We wipe down anything that we touch. We immediately go to the bathroom, wash our hands for at least 20 seconds. We even go as far as to change out some of our clothes at times if it's been too long. We do not touch other parts of the house until we know that everything's okay. So those are some of the precautions that I've been taking. So with the hot chocolate run, do you make yourself hot chocolate at the end? Do you have the ingredients? <laughs> yes, they're actually sending us um, a <gasps> packet in the mail. They're going to send us everything from the hot chocolate 15K. So now if anybody's never done this run, they have like chocolate everything. Like they give you chocolate pieces, like Hershey chocolate that you can actually eat. They give you the hot chocolate mix. They're giving you the bib. They're giving you the metal. Like, so I think it's phenomenal and it's fantastic that they offered that option. And of course, it's not going to mock the same feel of race day because you're looking for the cheers and being around your peers and celebrating that moment. But the idea that they didn't just cancel it and say, hey, you know, you've been doing all this training and now you have nothing to show for it. I love that there's an option for virtual. Now, you know, I know that it's not going to satisfy everybody. Some people are just like, you know, but I didn't sign up for a virtual. The thing is, we have to really just take what we can get at this point. And, and I know it's, it's devastating, especially for the person who's just starting for the first time, or maybe this was their first race. But realistically, we have a lifetime ahead of us to take on different races. As endurance athletes, the biggest hurdle that we'll ever encounter is preparing for the things that we cannot prepare for. And that doesn't matter if you're a runner, if you're a cyclist, or a swimmer, or anything in between. As athletes, we're resilient. So as long as we can actually see, you know, that this is just another hurdle that we need to get past and we change our perspective on this entire situation, I feel like we're going to come out of this much stronger than how we entered it. Hoka One One produces premium performance footwear for athletes of all types. Born in the mountains, Hoka shoes were initially distinguished by their oversized midsoles. Today, they're designed with the same enhanced cushioning, inherent stability, and problem-solving inspiration to meet the running, walking, fitness, and outdoor needs of a wide variety of users. With a bold and often unexpected approach, Hoka empowers athletes of all levels to feel like they can fly. To experience Hoka's signature cushion and ride on the road, try their Rincon Road Running Shoe. With ample cushion and a shockingly lightweight, the Rincon is light enough for race day, but supportive enough for long miles on the road. Ultra light and uber cushion. You can find out more at hokaoneone.com. That's H-O-K-A-O-N-E-O-N-E.com. I love that you said this is temporary. Like, we have our whole lives to go surfing and our whole lives to go run ultra marathons. And normally my mantra is like, you only live once, go. But right now 
we need to live. Like that's, that's the biggest thing. You know, and I, I definitely agree with that. You know, I think the, the, the biggest thing about this pandemic that scares people is the uncertainty and the unknown, you know, as human beings, like we're, we're, we're constantly questioning, what are we going to do next? You know, people like me, I get a little antsy when I am restricted to being in one space for too long because it allows my mind to wander. And sometimes those thoughts are pretty dark. I am using this time, honestly, to really dig deep and question why do I feel that way? Why do I fear what I do not know? Because realistically, if it wasn't the pandemic, it'd be something else that I'd probably be fretting about. You know, most of us were saying, oh, I want a vacation. I want to have this downtime. I wish that I can do this. Now, uh, there's a lot of things that's floating around the Internet that this is the time to be creative. Some of us are too stressed to be creative and there's nothing wrong with not being creative at this moment. If it means that you are allowing yourself to have 15 minutes to grieve about not being able to attend a race, that is okay. It does not make you selfish. It doesn't make you stupid. It doesn't make you less than grieve. There is nothing wrong with it. You know, you don't, you don't know the sacrifices that a person made. You know, not everybody's as transparent as, you know, maybe an athlete like me who is out there. You know, some of us put in extra hours at work just to afford certain races. The time that we're spending away from our families, you know, we put in all of this work expecting to show up and show out. And you have something like this happening and people sometimes put this gift wrapping on our pain of, well, look at the brightest side and, you know, you're trying to preserve your life. Yes, you're being rational. We know that rationally that we have to do the things that we need to do to protect ourselves. But at the same time, it does not mean that you're not allowed to grieve. It does not mean that this is now a Band-Aid to I'm not allowed to feel whatever way. Process it. Process the hurt. Process the panic. Yes, you are going to be scared. That is completely okay. But after you realize that this is a situation that you don't have control over, think about the things that you can control. If it means that you have to physically write out a list of a regular routine, then write out that list, but make sure that you give yourself almost like a, a, a opportunity to give yourself time to have free opportunities in there. Don't make it so rigid where if you don't accomplish everything on this list, now you feel like you're devastated. I literally have a schedule that's still set up every day. I give myself time to write. I give myself time to work out. There are days where I'm so emotionally distraught that I just don't work out. And that's okay because I always have the opportunity tomorrow to do it. I write out lists of why I'm grateful for certain things. That list, some days is really long. There's other days where it's exceptionally short. Don't compare yourself to the next person just because that person on Instagram or Facebook is doing backflips in their own home. That's not your reality. And there's nothing wrong with that not being your reality. Oh, Toya, I just posted a picture of myself doing a backflip up on those gymnastics ring this morning. (laughs) I just feel like I just called you out. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It was so funny. But listen, listen. The best part about this is your mental game is really strong. And I'd say it's strong because you're allowing yourself to feel. I mean, last week, one day I was in a fetal position on the bed and I couldn't get up. The Mm. next day I was going to go run down the street. The next day I was like doing PR for city lifeguards and like writing these articles about why we're not supposed to go surfing and then like trying to defend lifeguards. And 
oh my God, it's freaking exhausting. And I think one of the things I realized is like a lot of athletes, I like being in control. Mm. And so I was trying to control all these things around me. And I think a lot of athletes probably relate to this. Maybe you do. And I don't know, my new mantra is just let that shit go. Right. (laughs) And I think what you did, and not to get all Brene Brown on you, but like (laughs) you were super vulnerable, which is, you know, that's the key to being courageous. And when you're courageous, you're going to fail and you're going to feel and you're going to hurt. Oh man, Latoya, I just love what you said. I think you're right. Like, you know, I appreciate that you said some days you just don't work out. Yeah. And you're an athlete. You're yeah. like a paid athlete. Like I'm not a legit <laughs> athlete. I'm a paid podcaster. Oh, no, 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 no. You're definitely an athlete. If you're going out there and you're working out, you know, whatever amount of time you're committed to it, if you are putting in the work, you are a damn athlete. If you are doing the best you can at this moment, even when you don't feel like, you know, screw this, I just do not have it in me today. You are still an athlete. You know, these races, uh, a day that you decide that, hey, you know what, I'm too distraught to do this does not take away that title athlete. And if you run with the idea that as an athlete, you are supposed to encounter hurdles, you are supposed to have hard days and good days. If you take in that mantra of, hey, you know what? Um, I have to surrender to this process. It makes you a better athlete. So I'm hoping that through this pandemic that we all come out a lot stronger. It may not feel like it. Some of us might come out with a little bit of PTSD and be nervous, you know, which is, you know, is rightfully so. But I feel like mentally we are going to get a different level of grit that we may not have had before. I am so fired up listening to you. Um, (laughs) I agree. I think you're right. So what else are you doing? Like, do you have any morning mantras that you say to yourself, you just sound like you've really processed this well. And granted, it's March 31st today. You're in the thick of it in New York City. You've had some time. I'm sure you've had your ups and downs. What are some of the things you've been saying to yourself that have really helped? The hardest part is surrendering to this unknown. There are mornings where I am trying to push myself to get up and I don't, I don't make it a secret. Like I, I seriously, there are some days where I'm just like, I'm not going to be able to go outside. I'm not able to do the things that I would freely do. Like I am one of those people that I love being spontaneous. I love saying, okay, this is the, this is the schedule. Screw the schedule. And realistically, that's not much of an option at times. You know, I'm while being an athlete, I'm also a mom, I'm also a wife, I'm a family member and I'm a friend to someone. You know, so there are people who I am looking to check in on. There are days where thankfully my husband is there and he's able to kind of take the wheel for me and say, you know what, I'll make sure our son is attending, you know, virtual school, you know, at this moment. There are times where I'm trying to put on my cape. And that cape is just not, that super S on my chest is just not there. I stay in bed a little bit longer than I typically would. I try not to make that a daily effort, but, you know, being honest to yourself in this entire journey is probably the best thing that you can give yourself. Give yourself permission to just feel. A lot of us are in such denial about what we feel on a day-to-day process that I almost treat this entire pandemic like a weird yoga session a really long <laughs> yoga session like it's uh, like when, when you're in vinyasa when you do vinyasa flow 
the one thing that we do in the beginning is almost like a meditation. And you tell, usually the, the instructor will tell the class to walk in with no intentions, with no expectations. And that's realistically what you have to treat your daily routine as. Walk in with no intentions or expectations of how the day will go. Sometimes your yoga routine will be free flowing. You're nailing that, you know, that headstand, you, you know, you're powering through your warrior two. And then sometimes you're going in there and it's like, okay, everything's a complete mess. I am not balanced. I'm not coordinated. That is still growth. So that's how I treat every morning. Every morning for me is therapeutic. Every morning for me, I don't know what I'm going to wake up to. I don't know who I might lose. I lost three followers, like physically, like a literally, like they they passed away from COVID nineteen in the last you know few weeks. So it's been hard, you know, when I'm engaging. Because sometimes people will get this perception that, you know, because you know you have a large following, you don't interact with some of these people. I interact with a lot of people online. I lost a few people, you know, from this. I'm, I'm seeing rest in peace, you know. Um, you know, sometimes you are hearing that somebody else is diagnosed with it. You know, my husband has encountered a coworker who literally passed from this. So in some way, I think that we're all going to come out of this a little bruised and battered. But I think it also gives us the opportunity to value life just a little bit more if we were taking it you know, taking it for granted, those opportunities to be able to go outside and say, I'm blessed because I'm here. I I, I feel like, you know, life is precious to me because I'm able to to go for this run, regardless of how much it sucks. You know, I'm still here. These are the things that I remind myself of before COVID-19 because of the disabilities I have. When I was taking my movement and my mobility for granted until I didn't have it. Now we're placed in a pandemic and I think it's given a lot of us who may not have been able to relate to, you know, people who are suffering, whether it's a mental battle, a physical or a spiritual battle, where now we're all connected, you know, and it's, it's a terrible thing to, to connect through pain. But I think that I can't say it enough. I feel like we're going to grow and be stronger from this. Latoya, thank you so much for sharing this. And um, I'm just giving you a big, giant hug. I hope you can feel it. Oh, yes, I do. And thank you. And I'm I'm definitely sending my love to you. I don't think it's easy anywhere, but we are definitely in two of the largest places that's actually being hit in the United States. And everybody's processing it the, the best way that they, they know how. Really, there's really no right or wrong way to mentally process it, but I cannot emphasize enough please stay indoors, stay indoors, stay home as much as possible. That, you know, that, that trip outside to get your favorite ingredient may not be the thing that you want to do right now, if you can hold it off. And if you got, if you have to go outside, then do it. Just practice the social distancing, practice being kind to someone and just have a little bit more patience with the person that might be behind the counter because they've been really stressed for hours on end and possibly on edge. Just be a little bit more kinder to those people. I think that's really good advice. Kindness is huge. When I run these days, I just try to smile across the street from everybody I see and cheer them on. And man, it's, I think uh, going to the grocery store is usually a little terrifying for me, but um, I've tried to avoid it. But when I was there, yeah, smiling at the checkers, thanking them. I tried to buy some of them wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I found myself doing that too. 
So when you're not training, you know, you are doing a lot of stuff indoors and you're, you're moving your energy towards things like your, your amazing skill at cooking. Tell me what cooking does for you and how it's such a healthy outlet for you. Oh man. Uh, cooking, cooking has always been this therapeutic thing for me. Cooking is like church. You know, some people believe in a physical structure or religion. Cooking is my religion. It is my way of breathing and moving as organic as possible. Sometimes, well, not even sometimes, most of the times I'm throwing in some type of music. Uh, it's something that I've been trying to incorporate a little bit more. I've I had people before that used to pick my brain during my Instagram stories and they're like, oh my God, what song are you listening to in the background? And in ways, I've been trying to find ways to inspire my audience. So I've been creating these Spotify lists and and like pretty much telling oh. people like, hey, you can swipe up and you can check out some of these, you know, Spotify lists that I've created. And I've been using that as a way to feel good as well as express the things that I cannot you know, um, I don't have the skill to sing. You don't want to hear me sing. And I've done tone deaf do. singing for jokes. Oh, it's, oh, it's pretty damn terrible. But <laughs> Wait, what's your, what's your Spotify list? I'm definitely going to check it out. Oh yeah. Is like, this um, your name? Um, I believe so. I believe it's like, um, it's my name. I think it comes up because it's attached to like my Facebook account or whatever. Okay. But um, yeah, I would definitely, um, like I'll provide those details so you can kind of like attach it to your notes and everything. But I have probably about 10 to 15 playlists that I create. I do about three or four a week. I've also been trying to incorporate like recipes onto my site, Running Fat Chef, where I'm giving people tips and tricks on how to make simple things to ingredients to keep on hand. You know, like I, I recognize a lot of people are going out there and they're buying these canned goods and they have no idea on the creative ways to just not make rice and beans every night. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. What should we do? Oh, man. Give me like three tips that you're doing. Oh, right now. So when it comes down to um, like uh, one of the things I think of um, as a pre like I started off my, my culinary journey, actually experiment, experimenting with baked goods. The one thing that I noticed that people do when they have no idea about baking is that people are taking things straight out the fridge. Realistically, when you are baking, you want to have these things at room temperature. I noticed goes against the rules for most things. Like when you're thinking about um, cooking on top of stovetops or even roasting something in the oven. You usually want to take these things out when you're about to use them. That rule is thrown out the window when it comes to baking. When it comes to baking, especially when you're working with products like eggs and butter, you need these things to be at room temperature. So I'm not saying to keep it out for four hours. What I'm saying is give it about 15 to 20 minutes. Let that chill come off so your ingredients are not so cold that it can't wake itself up. Make sure your things are actually fresh. You want to look at those labels like, you know, baking soda and baking powder. We think that, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's on the shelf and it has no shelf life. Even your seasonings have a shelf life. And these are things that people don't think about. Um, when you think about your herbs and your spices, your dried herbs and spices, these things actually have an expiration date. They take about two to three years on average to expire. But over time, when you're talking about dry, um, like dry ingredients, like, you know, your herbs and spices, they are going to lose its power and its flavor. So it's best to just buy enough to hold out from maybe about a couple of months, but don't buy so much in abundance that now you have an entire supermarket in your house that you're never, ever going to touch. Remember, this pandemic is temporary. It's not going to be forever. So the last thing you want to do is hoard to a point where 
not only you're trying to figure out like, what am I going to do with 60 cans of, you know, beets, but now you're taking away from someone else. So take those things into consideration. There are basic go-tos, but after a while, your palate is going to get a little bored. Uh, (laughs) Take the, I like to call it reinventing my leftovers. So like about two or three nights ago, I made rice that went with like this um, enchilada dish that I made. I made a chicken enchilada and I made a beef enchilada and then I made Mexican rice. I took the extra Mexican rice because even though it had the seasons on there, I was like, how can I actually take this leftover rice and turn it into something because I don't want to throw this out? Last night, I decided to take that rice, throw in one of those can of beans, not, not the beans, um, take the can of peas that I had in my cabinet. I decided I was going to drain it, rinsed it off. I threw some peas. I took some onions, carrots, and celery. I chopped them up. I threw it into my wok. I stir fried. I threw in some. So, you know, these are things that we're sometimes not thinking about. We're like, oh my God, I'm tired of eating the same dish over and over and over again. So sometimes we we don't think about the things that we actually have on hand, like our leftovers. If you have leftovers, it does not mean that that one dish that you made cannot be turned into something else. If you made beef stew and you're tired of eating it for the fourth day in a row, shred it up and make it into tacos. There are so many opportunities out there to actually like to inspire your own palate. Well, we'll have to follow your Instagram stories because they have been pretty incredible with what you're cooking and listening to. What's the one takeaway piece of advice you have for our listeners? During this time, I would suggest people to actually tap into their inner child. You know, sometimes we're so rigid and so structured that we don't know how to actually let go and surrender. If you're a runner or a cyclist, sometimes we're so stuck in our rigid routine. If you are a runner or a cyclist and you're used to that routine, explore being a dancer, even if it's in your own home without a recorder. Well, Latoya, thank you so much for sharing all of your inspiration, what you're doing to change your routine. I really appreciate it. I hope everybody gets some rubber bands and does some workouts. Maybe we could link to one of the ones you're doing online. And I hope you guys all take Latoya's advice and just you're kind to yourself and you're kind to others in this time. I thought that was awesome advice. Thank you. I love Latoya's positive attitude and the way she keeps it so real when it comes to her health. Also, how she's dealing with the changes being thrown at her day by day. Here are some of her tips from our conversation. For your mental health, be kind to yourself. It's okay to feel grief about the things you're losing because of this pandemic. That race or that event that was canceled, that vacation you didn't get to take, feel your feelings and acknowledge them. For your physical health and indoor training, try using resistance bands if you have them, or you can get some. Try to mimic movements you do in your normal workouts. Try taking an online virtual yoga class, running class, fitness boxing class, or even a paddle workout. For some culinary variety, try reimagining your leftovers. Overall, just try tapping into your inner child. Find small moments of joy and ways to liven things up. Get creative with finding alternative ways to prepare your food or get your workouts in. 
Latoya, thank you so much for bringing your positivity to the show and for opening up and just being so real and honest with me. I so appreciate it. I know your message is going to have an impact on all of our listeners. If you want to follow Latoya's updates and her adaptive ways she's training, head to her website, runningfatchef.com, and follow her Instagram at I am L Shante. That's I A M L S H A U N T A Y. Special shout out to everyone helping in the COVID 19 pandemic, to all you service workers, grocery store workers, all you healthcare professionals, law enforcement, parents, teachers. The list is endless and it includes you listening now for doing your part. We're all in this together. Thank you so much and stay safe. Wild Ideas Worth Living is part of the REI Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Shelby Stanger, written and edited by Annie Fassler, and produced by Chelsea Davis. Our executive producers are Paolo Motola and Joe Crosby. As always, we appreciate when you subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you listen. These reviews mean a lot to me, and I read every single one of them. And remember, right now, the best way to live wildly is to stay safe.